Hello and welcome to the In Conversation with podcast for the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. I'm Sophie Wolven and today I'll be speaking to Ruvim Isaacson from Sanofi Pasteur, corresponding author of the recent article on administering a high-dose quadrivalent influenza vaccine together with a third dose of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine in adults aged 65 years and older. Ruvim, thanks so much for joining me today. To start us off, can you give us a bit of background about how the trial came to fruition and what you aim to find? Of course. The COVID-19 pandemic is credited with a substantial decrease in routine immunizations. In May 2021, the CDC, other recommending bodies, and professional societies introduced guidance for the administration of both COVID-19 and other appropriate and recommended vaccines for patients at the same visit. So the study team and collaborators proposed this study to help support this co-administration guidance and reinforce these existing recommendations. At the time of study design, the 2021-2022 influenza season and COVID-19 booster dose authorization to address waning immunity and emerging variants were quickly approaching. So the study team and collaborators agreed that the most impactful approach would be to focus on adults 65 years of age and older who have a higher risk of serious complications from both influenza and COVID-19 compared to younger adults. The study results would potentially help alleviate both provider and patient concerns of receiving both vaccines at the same visit and reduce the chance of missed opportunities to help protect against both influenza and COVID-19. The study objectives were designed to generate data on the safety and immunogenicity of a third booster dose of Moderna's mRNA-1273 COVID-19 vaccine and Sanofi Pester's Fluzone high-dose quadrivalent influenza vaccine administered at the same visit compared to each vaccine administered separately in adults 65 years of age and older. A 100-microgram mRNA dose selected based on the anticipated regulatory path at the time of protocol design and the high-dose quadrivalent inactivated influenza vaccine represent the most conservative scenario by employing the highest dose strength of each respective vaccine formulation. The safety data captured includes reactogenicity as solicited local injection site reactions to each vaccine, systemic reactions for the first seven days post-immunization, and unsolicited adverse events for 21 days. Serious adverse events Adverse events of special interest and medically attended adverse events were captured through the end of the study. Hemagglutination inhibition antibody responses to all four influenza strains were evaluated using a validated HAI assay. A validated SARS-CoV-2 pre-spike IgG ELISA was used to evaluate the mRNA-1273 booster dose immune response. Were the results what you were expecting? Well, participants in the co-administration group received each vaccine in separate limbs, which gave the study team an opportunity to compare solicited local injection site reactions to the groups who received either the mRNA vaccine alone or the high-dose influenza vaccine alone. Injection site reactions of the high-dose influenza vaccine, whether administered concomitantly or singly, was similar. MRNA vaccine injection site reaction frequency was also similar, whether the vaccine was administered concomitantly or singly. Injection site pain was the most frequently reported local reaction for both vaccines, 
and the frequency of injection site pain tended to be lower following high-dose influenza vaccine. Solicited systemic reactions were reported at similar frequencies in the co-administration group and mRNA-1273 group, with lower frequencies observed in participants who received high-dose influenza vaccine alone. Fatigue was most frequently reported in all treatment groups, and the frequency was similar in the co-administration group and mRNA-1273 group, and again, lower in high-dose influenza vaccine alone group. Overall, solicited reactions of COVID-19 mRNA in high-dose influenza vaccine administered at the same visit was similar to that after administration of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine alone. In terms of immunogenicity, Comparable hemagglutination inhibition antibody responses were observed between the co-administration group and high-dose influenza vaccine group. The SARS-CoV-2 binding antibody responses were also similar between the co-administration and mRNA-1273 alone groups. Overall, we found that administration of both the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine and the high-dose influenza vaccine at the same visit had similar immune responses compared to each vaccine administered alone. Co-administration of both vaccines also showed a similar safety profile and tolerability compared to mRNA vaccine administered individually. What do these results mean in terms of the future of influenza and COVID vaccination? This study provides meaningful data supporting concomitant administration of high-dose influenza vaccine with a COVID-19 booster dose in older adults. This additional insight supports current public health recommendations and can help implement seasonal vaccination campaigns by reducing the number of vaccine visits for patients. Co-administration can help avoid delays in influenza vaccination in the lead up to and during the flu season, particularly among those at increased risk of severe illness and hospitalization due to both COVID-19 and influenza. What would you say to people who might have some concerns about receiving their flu and COVID vaccines at the same time? That's a good question. CDC and other global recommending bodies include the guidance that COVID-19 vaccines can be administered with other immunizations, including influenza vaccine. Ensuring routine immunization services are maintained or reinitiated are essential for protecting communities from vaccine-preventable diseases and outbreaks while reducing the burden of respiratory illness. Look, COVID-19 disease and complications are serious. Influenza disease and complications are serious. The evidence is clear that vaccination against both of these viruses helps prevent infection and reduce the risk of severe illness, complications, hospitalizations, or worse. And finally, were there any limitations to the trial or improvements that might be made for future studies looking at concomitant vaccination? First, we fell short of our ambition of recruiting a more diverse population due to a short enrollment window. Future study designs would benefit from implementation of specific strategies to address and ensure demographically balanced enrollment. Next, Despite the fact that we included approximately 100 participants in each of the three intervention groups, one limitation of this study was that it was not powered for statistical comparisons between study groups. However, this again was a consequence of a short enrollment window, which was necessary to deliver the study results in advance of the approaching influenza season. And lastly, 
I noted earlier that the dose of COVID-19 mRNA-1273 administered in the study groups was 100 micrograms, which is double the 50 microgram dose that was subsequently authorized as a booster. In the absence of safety events or evidence of interference to either vaccine's immune response, the results of this study should enable extrapolation to co-administration of lower mRNA vaccine doses with longer intervals between the COVID-19 second dose and third booster dose without co-administration concerns. Thanks again, Ruvim, for taking the time to speak with me about the article. And thanks everyone for listening. Remember, you can access the paper we've discussed today at thelancet.com and you can access this podcast alongside our other episodes wherever you usually get your podcasts.